0: A look to the sky just before you die. It's the last time you will. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 55 of the Deacon and Co. Show. I am the Puppet Master, Deacon himself. I want to uh, wish everybody foremost before we get into any of the extracurriculars and great show in store for today. A happy and safe holiday weekend. Memorial, uh, sorry, Labor Day, Memorial Day. Wow. Mind needs a day off, and it'll soon come. I've not had a day off since Memorial Day before the week before, and uh, crunch time now, crunch time. So, happy Labor Day to everybody, and uh, hope everybody's doing well. New decoholics, old decoholics, first-time listeners, thank you all for listening and being here today, um, or whenever you're listening to this, because I can't say that you're physically here with me today, since you guys aren't here, but there are many, many out there who are with me on this one. Uh before I get into the uh, events of the day, just want to let you guys know um about some quick sports updates as I promised you and been promising. There's no way that no one can ever not deliver on this unless they go on strike. Touchdowns are coming. College season kicks off today, the uh 2nd of September, 2021 Thursday, and uh the NFL not far. One week away. Uh opening up on Thursday night, defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, taking on the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, you know, if you're somebody who is a really big football fan and you've looked at these things from over the years of the dynasties of America, okay? And the dynasties that have happened in the course of the NFL's history, well, We're waiting for the Cowboys uh, because it's been a very, very long time since the audience was able to hear this. I I don't know when the next time that you guys will be able to hear How About Them Cowboys, uh, classic there, 93. Special there when the boys did their thing. But uh, Dallas being America's team, that's that's no longer the case. I I don't know who America's team is for a long time. It would make sense that for 20 years it was the Patriots uh, with the dynasty runs and whatnot. But I I don't know who it would be now. The Steelers uh, have, you know, six rings. Tom Brady's got seven on his own. So New England has six. Steelers have six. They're tied. Are these the best franchises that ever existed in the NFL? Well, the I mean, Steelers are definitely one of them. Uh, New England has always been a good franchise, had their run. Let's see what they do now. Uh, making big moves, cutting Cam Newton, going in uh, with Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback from Bama, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and later on in the show. Uh, but who, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, season 2 of the Touchdown Report is coming up next Thursday for you guys. Going to have it for you opening night. And uh, Nay got the week off because it's. it's she knows. She knows. it's a big season. There's a lot of pressure on the Chargers. There's a lot of pressure on the Eagles. Uh, a lot of pressure on all the teams. Uh, you know, especially too to try to keep up with Brady. But for these guys that are walking in as rookies and whatnot, and now second year guys, Herbert, the the uh, rookie season that he had was just unreal. And uh, it just a repeat performance in his sophomore year would be greatly appreciated. A lot of things would be different though this year. I I can tell you that. Uh, new coach, Brandon Staley. Um, going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens with this squad, and we're going to take it one game at a time because this team is capable of making some damage and making some waves. Added some additions, lost some additions. We're going to go over the key uh, fantasy players for you guys next week. A lot of people that have uh, messaged me on email asking for fantasy updates and stuff like that, a little help with their fantasy team. Well, I only hope, I only usually help Nay, but dickoholix ask for something can't turn the fans down so I'll give you my advice on who to pick, who's sleepers, who what not to do and you know such for the upcoming season. Uh it, it it will not obviously be in time if you guys already did your draft but it might be able to help you uh you know get some players and who to watch and what to do and you know such. It, it all varies on what your league is as well. Everybody knows that two quarterback leagues, keepers, this that I just too much. I don't do it. I know about it obviously uh doing this having a conversation earlier with uh Wild Child George my good friend um big shout out to him and double we're going to talk about those guys a little bit coming up more at the end of the show uh but it just told them earlier like it, this is not being a football fan being a handicapper being able to feel confident in yourself and placing $7000 on a first quarter of a game you got to know what you're doing and uh, appreciate again once again everybody who listens to the rambling and this and that and hopefully today's episode will clear up a few things that i'm not only just metallica because right after we celebrated mamba day we also took a loss in the community uh with our drummer many many years almost 60 years charlie watt uh watts and he uh Huge part of rock and roll, huge part of a lot of things. So this episode is going to be dedicated to the Rolling Stones and uh, just everything that the Rolling Stones have meant to the United States, being that they're a huge mega rock band, arguably the best band that ever lived, um, that came from outside of the United States. And the thing that really disturbed me about this, and we'll get into this you know, just in a second, I promise, I uh, don't want to stray too far off the thoughts of uh, what's going on with the sports update, but I read an article and I read a lot of things that you're comparing these people, uh, the Rolling Stones, meaning people, to you know some of the top bands that are here, uh, Guns N' Roses, um, Aerosmith, and and Aerosmith should never ever be in the category of the Rolling Stones. Neither should Guns N' Roses, and I understand because I love Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses, 1987, Appetite for Destruction, crushed it in their first week. Other than that, the follow-up album was okay. Didn't do as well on the charts. The ones after that were okay. Didn't do so good on the charts. And then Chinese Democracy. I don't know if it was a layoff or whatever it was, but it also came out the same year as Death Magnetic did. uh, Along with the Black Ice album by ACDC. And uh, let me tell you, that album, Chinese Democracy, did the least sales out of all three of those bands that I just mentioned. If I have to tell you guys who sold the most out of Metallica, ACDC, and Guns N' Roses, I think you guys need to find a new podcast to listen to. Just kidding, but we do know it was Metallica. Um, on a on a side note of that, besides I'll go on the more of the tangent about the Rolling Stones in a second here, a couple things that we want to uh, address to the Decaholics, uh, in regards to the new music coming out, so, something crazy's happening tomorrow, Iron Maiden is releasing their 17th studio album, uh, this one's gonna be called Senjetsu, I think I said that right, it's S as in Sam, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, J as in Joker, U as in Unicorn, ah, K, um, yeah, um, wow, look at, look at this one, Ju- Senjutsu. So T is in Tom, S is in Sam, U as in umbrella. There, Senjutsu. Sorry, Senjutsu. Sorry, no idea what the fuck that means. So I got to do a little more research on there. But first single that came off um, (laughs) of this album was, and to me it was just like uh, so confusing about everything that was just thrown in together with this, uh, you know, for this album itself and the last album that left a kind of a really bad taste in my mouth. Um, but this one was labeled as the writing on the wall. So this is going to be a 10 song album. It's going to be released many different ways, nine ways to Sunday. Anybody who's listening to the Deacon and Co show on most platforms will be able to have this album tomorrow as well. Um, honestly, not, not thinking too highly of this album and I shouldn't do that, but Iron Maiden did something that kind of... I I don't know if they did something just to put something out. Uh, It went on here, and I I love Iron Maiden. I really do. A lot of respect for Bruce Dickinson and the boys. and They went out and they they put the double album, live album, out for Mexico City album. His voice was so hoarse during this album, you could have picked any other show to put on there, and it would have been a million times better. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Live in Mexico City was released last uh, November. And I uh, brought it out, put it on the Deacon and Co show page for anyone who missed it. That's okay. Just check the Twitter page, and you'll see exactly what I mean on this. This was not um, wasn't good. The crowd for seeing that it was an out of country uh show, uh from out of the United States. I mean, because obviously we know that Iron Maiden is from across the pond. The will imagery that i pictured in my head from when i saw iron maiden of what was going to happen at this concert and they give you all the deluxe stuff of the concert actually being filmed and this and you know the uh, vinyl the actual cd the book there's all this collector shit you know just want you to spend money it's fine if you're a fan um but the thing is is that the crowd to me definitely did not seem into the show and um the crazy thing about the whole show itself is like you'll hear the differences. It didn't sound like him. It just wasn't good. And it left a very bad taste in my mouth and wasn't happy about it at all. So I heard the new song by Maiden. Uh, not big fan of it. That's why it hasn't been brought up until now the day before. This is the eve of the 17th album. So yeah, we know Iron Maiden's coming to get you. They certainly are. Uh, pretty much is a long way from, obviously, that sound being that Uh, we had a change in the lead singers and, and definitely Bruce Dickinson needed to, um, you know, get there. And, and just the crazy thing of, you know, having the growth of the band itself after all this time, and yet everybody puts out a, you know, a mediocre album or whatever it is just to make the money and get the sales. But this is the time where... We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about Iron Maiden, what defines and redefines them as a band. So out of these songs that are on off of these albums, I mean, there's probably two or three good songs per every album that they release, with the exception of the big three. So the big three that, you know, I would consider and most people will consider is going to start with Iron Maiden's third album, which is going to be their best, Number of the Beast. And then we're going to go into peace of mind and um, Power Slave. I mean, th- these are the three big ones. Um, fear of the Dark, Virtuality, Book of Souls. Like, okay. Uh, okay. That's it. That's that's all I'm going to say about okay about them. And Iron Maiden hasn't done anything that is would be considered a top chart seller in a very, very long time. So... These albums that came out and did their thing were on the charts, but not as high as you would expect them to be, as opposed to when they first came out, because the loyal fans are still buying and still supporting the band, but you could tell the difference in the songs itself. Don't know many bands that can talk war and make you feel like you're on the battlefield like Iron Maiden does. Uh, For me easy for me to understand what they're saying because Metallica talks a lot about war, talks a lot about all these crazy things, and I I can promise you right now that any time that you go to see Iron Maiden, you're walking into that arena, that Stadium, first thing you're going to hear, as you would hear, of gold for Metallica is...
1: We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight... With growing confidence and growing strength in the air, we shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender.
0: Absolutely. Love it. Never surrender. Winston Churchill, going to hear that every single time, and Big news when it comes to, you know, me and, and changing things up because I'm really not a person who, who likes to change up the list once I make the list or set. But Iron Maiden, because of the last events that they have and depending on how well this album does and what's expected to come from this album, which, guys, I'm not trying to be a hater, don't get your hopes up. Um, historically, they have not put out Good music since those three albums. You're getting one or two good songs off of these other albums. Um, songs, you know, you want to talk about an Iron Maiden song? It, it, a group that went on this huge global tour. You're one of the pioneers. Never changed the set list. It was the same set list every single show. No joke. And I seen, you know, not quite. I seen three or four shows off of the last tour where you know, you're you're going to turn around and you're going to get pissed that you're spending this kind of money to see the same show, you know, again, the same uh, set list and, and whatnot. But Iron Maiden, like I mentioned, 17th studio album, and it's it's going to be insane to see what more is to come. Uh, they postponed the tour. We already knew that, uh, gave that to you guys months ago that they did this. So Deacon and Let me know what your thoughts are on the album, if you guys like it or not. And, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. When it comes to the time frame of having your success as a genre, they nailed it and then did not keep up with competition. When everybody else was getting better, Iron Maiden was stuck. And that's the truth of the reality. So top five um, bands doing a little shuffle up here. I'm going to actually move things around here. Being that number four is now going to be Iron Maiden on the Deacon all-time top ten list. uh, Number three is going to be the Rolling Stones moving up from the four spot. And moving up from the three spot to the two spot is going to be alternate current, direct current, whatever you want to call them, ACDC. Uh, number two, and of course, number one, Culture Club of all time. And nobody beats Culture Club. You know the deal. Just kidding. felt it was appropriate to add Boy George End us there and to, if you listen to my lies, what they say. Um, Metallica, always number one reason behind it, and I'm going to show you today why as well. Uh, moving on from Maiden because I can go on a tangent about how terrible I think this album's going to be, but we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Um, one last side note about the basketball world, and we're going to do all basketball preview before we come up here. Uh, in the season with the upcoming, but let's do one thing at a time here. Uh, Rondo, welcome back to the Lakers, coming back, and I think that the Lakers are piecing together the the pieces that they need to get another championship to bring in, and, and it sure cost them enough. And, again, we'll go over that, giving, giving you guys the details and trying to keep you guys up on free agency. Sometimes it's a lot, I know, especially when you got all the sports going on at once, which is the snowball effect, but – Uh, The greatest time of the year is going to be here in a month where we have all four major sports, baseball, basketball, hockey, and football, all going on at once. It's a uh, gambler's buffet, uh, parlaying every single thing together, and it's unreal. You know, it it really is cool. Uh, But that being said, a a little bit of Met news for all of you guys. Metallica, having the Metallica podcast, as I mentioned to you guys the last couple of weeks, episode two was released on last Friday friday theme going tomorrow being the third of september we are going to have episode three episode one started off really slow had a lot of commercials in there a lot of a lot of a lot, lot of commercials and i didn't really understand the whole purpose of it if you're the biggest uh, metal rock american band of all time uh let's face it there. It's sad but true but they are uh You you don't need to have this many, you know, I guess you're trying to plug these people in, whatever, or you're paying for this, whatever. Brought to you guys by Amazon and Metallica. Check it out. Metallica also has a book. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next week that just came out recently. I brought it up in weeks prior to the past, but it just came in the mail for me. So I wanted to wait before I send anything, before I give you guys the review on it. Metallica is also doing something really cool. Uh, besides being invited back for the 30th anniversary of Black Album, again, we just celebrated box sets coming out in 10 days. So now, the crazy thing about this is they were asked to come back to Sirius XM for mandatory Metallica for a limited time. So if you guys have it, I definitely recommend you putting that station on. Uh, I love it. I really think that Metallica should have their own channel in general permanently, and I really wish they should. Same thing with Billy Joel. And a quick shout-out to my buddies over at Glass uh, House Podcast. Really great episode this week from those guys. And if you get a chance, check them out. Um, Really, uh, Billy Joel is such a broad topic. And there's so many things that you could say about that era of music. And uh, another one who redefined a generation. And not enough people, I feel, um, give the tribute to Billy Joel. and, And just Stranger best album that he ever had um top five album of all time yeah i said top five yeah even even for me it's a top five album of all time and uh we never understand how the stranger is inspired nobody ever does and that that's the art of it and and that's really really um a great listen again uh glass houses podcast check that out definitely uh but metallica mandatory metallica definitely needed i'm gonna tell you that now because it's pretty sick that you know um Looking at it from the perspective here that they don't have their own channel. Um, But moving forward with that, the last thing I wanted to tell was a story about the beginning of how the band was met. Uh, Lars put out an ad inside of a newspaper, kept a reoccurring ad, uh, basically stating any musicians looking to jam to... And he gave a couple of certain bands. Obviously, uh, Iron Maiden was on there. Um, There was also... um, Excuse me, I'm drawing a blank here for a second there. Uh, Tigers of Pan Tang, Diamond Head, and, of course, the hugest influence uh, for a well, good portion of them uh, was Deep Purple. Lars is a huge Deep Purple fan, and uh, Deep Purple's good. Uh, I do like Deep Purple a little bit, but uh, not, not nearly as much, obviously, as uh, Metallica, and we all know that. But now what we're doing here is Metallica is... Recreating this situation, so they have basically done the same thing to people who are going to help work at the concerts and giving them opportunities to do stuff like that. That's really cool because it was basically skilled workers and the backbone of the live events industry. And it was just to prove like Metallica knows how important that these jobs are that these little guys help the big guys more than anybody else been saying that forever and you know been saying the whole time that you know this industry is going to take a hit and this is going to be part of the problem is trying to find people to work so the crazy part of this whole thing is that they're introducing uh to a new larger job market and it's a work experience documented video it's like hard rock is hard work and it's provided that various trade jobs in the events uh, will be campaigned and also uh, millions of people are able to you know join this and they were put out of work and you know sidelined from concerts and sporting events because of this and even still if you're not out of work and you still sidelined from it because they're not playing or there's limitations or the cost it's still cool what Metallica's is doing so as a part of the campaign they're donating all um, you know, online sales uh, for Labor Day to the Metallica Scholars Program to provide opportunities for these skilled laborers' positions. Uh, I really thought this was a great time that they did it, and uh, really, really honestly, uh, you know, a good move. It's a good look for them to do something like this to give back to the community when we've had so many problems over the years about people of coming on here of saying, okay, well, it's pre uh, pre-black, post-black. Yes, in a sense, but it's the same thing as I just got done saying to you guys about Iron Maiden, about how these albums are not okay. Metallica did that. They did their non-okay albums that all the fans or the real hardcore fans or the Day One fans... Don't know if you consider me a Day One fan, but I was hooked from Death Magnetic. And obviously my age, Metallica was uh, performing way before I was a mere morsel of a thought. So... The crazy thing when it comes down to them and things that they're doing of now not understanding like you're never going to see what we saw in S&M 1. Never going to see it again. It didn't happen. So now we got S&M 2. So same band, orchestra, probably different members. Um, Now they did it again. And all the other times and the opportunities that other bands had to do this, I'm sure there has been other bands that have brought an orchestra with them, but I don't think a heavy metal band has. And I and I should have um, you know, known better to say like, ah, okay, it could be done again. Drive in concerts, the Metallica Mondays. Metallica kept us going. Not only that, is two thousand five. Something really, really cool happened. And uh at this point, obviously of Metallica's career, they're not opening up for anybody. Like, who the fuck would, you know, like, this is Metallica. I got a phone call from Mick Jagger, and uh, they opened up for the Rolling Stones. And I I can only imagine what kind of excellence that was to have them both on the same stage. Uh, Two nights, two days only. Uh, it was uh, October and uh, 2005. I'm, I'm, October 13th and the 15th. I think it was either November or, or October. Thirteenth and the fifteenth, two shows and kicked ass. Really, really did kick ass. Um I got to watch the show. Um it was something else. And I wish that I could have been there to see something like that, uh, for the historic uh aspect of it. But we'll talk a little bit more about Met when it comes down to the breakdown of what the purpose of the show does of uh, Deacon and Co show. Uh, follow me on the Majors of Social, Instagram, and Twitter. That's important. And uh, if you guys can, uh, leave a positive feedback and comment. like, Just like, say something to let me know what you guys want to hear. The feedback I've been getting so far, love it. Love it, love it, love it. So, before we go into our second topic, which will be the Rolling Stones, uh, got a copy of Madden for you guys. Digital copy of Madden 2022. So, Last week, which I hope you guys enjoyed episode fifty four I had fun doing it. It was a really good show to break down for you guys what I go through and what went through during through the never and um I promised that you guys uh would receive a copy so uh last week's episode, I did something uh kind of cool. I figured out some way to do uh something else and that will obviously help the increase of the show since I've been doing the inserts. I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate everybody loves the little jokes and stuff. About a month prior to me starting to do this, I've always wanted to do it, but there were copyrights and all this type of stuff with the 10-second rule, and now since that's out the window, then uh be a little bit different now that I can do these things and you know make it more enjoyable for you guys. So again, thank you. Day one, thank you. Um, the crazy part about... Having the inserts on here is that, yeah, it makes people laugh, but I also can control, obviously, when it goes in. So, last week, you heard the introduction to Madden. E.A. Sports. It's in the game. E.A. Sports.
1: It's in the game.
0: I accidentally wanted to make sure that I did the right one. So, I gave you guys the original of what's going on there. Well, I shouldn't say accidentally. I was looking for the original clip, and that was. So three times you guys heard EA Sports. I snuck a third one in there quietly. Give me the timestamp, DeaconAndCoShow, gmail.com. Go back into the episode. Now, you got to keep in mind that depending on what platform you listen to this on, you may be hearing one of four commercials. So make sure you calculate the time right of when the exact timestamp of when the third EA Sports was instructed into the show, or inserted into the show, rather, and email me. First one to do that gets the prize. Very, very simple. Uh, now, wanted to share one last perspective of the Maiden story for the new album, because Maiden is a big part of my growing into this person who I am now. Never, ever will not be thankful for about these guys. Forever will be grateful in them. Because Iron Maiden provides so many great stories for a lot of great people. So even though just going out there saying these things about the albums, they haven't been up to standards for Iron Maiden. They still deliver on what they do. Um, Steve, Bruce, Nico, they come out and they perform every single night. Definitely should have, as I said, chose a different aspect of things. But shout-out once again to uh, one of our biggest fans, Mel. Uh, Him and I always go back and forth with uh, the stories. And Mel always thanks for the kind words and being a big, avid supporter of the Deacon and Co. Show. Uh, Him and I met because of Iron Maiden. Uh, I was playing basketball outside during quarantine. This guy comes up. He starts talking to me because I was wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. And that's me. You know, people will turn around and this with similar interest they don't care you're not being weird if you sense some type of weirdness from somebody who is not comfortable with talking about something that is displayed on your body or your shirt then why the fuck are you wearing it or why are you even entertaining the thought of doing that so no i wanted to address this i don't think it's weird at all that to start a conversation like that because how do you think that most of these conversations start off with some of the guests that come on here. It's about interest and, you know, getting to know, you know, what their hobbies and their stuff is and their stories and their crazy things. So Killers was the album. And another one that Killers was, uh, you know, number two, Iron Maiden, then Killers, then number of the beast, different lead singer, different content. And uh, okay. All right. You could see the progression of the band. That's why I said that, when number of the beast was there and created nothing like it at that time. And honestly, that without that change, Iron Maiden would just be Iron Maiden. And there's there's many reasons why you guys will see, you know, uh the fairness of being into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, no matter what you're going to sell out and not trying to branch away from the subjects at hand here. But this is might have been one of the reasons why Iron Maiden is not yet in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Again, still love them. Still love them. But, second story is, I actually bought Killers Remastered about eight months back. And my future father-in-law got the mail at his house and opened it on accident. And I would have just loved to have been there to picture his face when he looks at this thing and goes, What the fuck is this? Because it was addressed to his name on accident. And him opening this, I'm really happy he didn't throw the thing out because I definitely know um, that it, it wasn't his cup of tea, uh, nor would I expect it to be most people's cup of tea. But the stories and endless things that people have with Metallica, anybody wants to share a Maiden story by any means, com. Now, we're getting into it. Here we go. Full throttle. Hope you guys are ready. Yeah, never going to stop if you start me up, definitely hands down. Um Rolling Stones, man. Um Charlie Watts, rest in peace. Again, died 8242021. Um What can you say about the Rolling Stones? Well, arguably best band of all time. Um have been around doing it 59 years now, going to be 60 next year. And uh, the original founders of, of the band uh, really, you know, blew me away uh, when y- you actually think that you know about a band and then you go and you do the research and you find out that, you know, okay, well, no, you, you really know nothing about them um, because you haven't lived in the 60s or the 70s. And then what you do know of them is just partial to what the rest of the stories go to. But um, the the crazy thing is, uh with with them especially to being that they are the global sensation and all the crazy madness that comes along with being the rolling stones because you can imagine what kind of crazy stories they have um the rolling stones or you know original founder was Brian Jones uh and and the crazy thing about that and topic number 3 today is going to be the 27 club uh had this situation, started the band, Mick, uh, Keith, they were there obviously, uh being a big part of the band. uh then you had going on later on in the band's career, Mick Taylor, Ron Wood, they were added later on. So for this to happen and you know looking at the perspective here, um these guys starting in 1962, having this I would say the only thing I can compare it to is like a Louisiana or Louisiana or Chicago styles blues, and that's really what it was—the finesse, the percussions, the instruments that you, the cowbells. I mean, I can go on more and more and more about the different type of techniques that they want. Uh, you know, and they presented uh, as a band itself. But uh, the crazy thing about the Rolling Stones, obviously, we don't know rock band has ever sustained a consistent global popularity, or or do we? Because now I'm going to prove to you, and this is not trying to prove Metallica is better than the Rolling Stones or that the Rolling Stones are better than Metallica. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. One more time. The numbers don't lie. But can't take away anything for the Rolling Stones against, you know, everything that they've done and the benefits of having, you know, somebody who, you know, is basically an outlaw for the beginning stages of his career, finding out how things are going down. Like Mick Jagger did a lot of things that you know, other people uh, would get away with. And being that he's not from here, they didn't care. Um, people came over. Keith Richards wrote a uh, autobiography, a self-biography on Life. It's called life. Guy was fucked up in that. He snorted his father's ashes as if it was part of his cocaine. He mixed it together. He did it. Yeah, it's true. Read the book. Uh, Rolling Stones, really, uh, when it comes down to nominating or doing something, they are the complete opposite of what spoke about, of all these albums that continued to come over the years. Exile on Main Street, Ghost Head Soup. Uh, turn around and then come Voodoo Lounge. Like, there's so many more. Some girls, there's so many more just off the top of my head that you could sit there and see the progression of the band in time. And not every song, obviously, was going to be a a major hit for every single band uh, as it was for, I would say, the Beatles. Uh, But when it comes down to having this conversation of, you know, being there, you have to have some type of you know i wouldn't say I, how, how do you say it? how would you say this without it sounding weird you, you have to have some type of bond some type of togetherness that these bands stick together you got 60 years for the rolling stones you got 40 years for metallica in that time frame that we hit the you know 60 years here's the crazy thing and this really, really is going to blow you away. So, if I was to ask you guys, okay, how many Grammys do the Rolling Stones have? How many do the Fab Four of Metallica, not the Beatles, have? You guys would probably tell me that the Rolling Stones have more. Well, they have three wins with 12 nominations. Metallica's 8 out of 18. So... It's not so much a time of the era of the Grammys because we have to think about this from the perspective of that it's been around for a very, very long time. And, you know, turning around and having these success stories of having some girls in 78, then you got Beggar's, uh, Beggar's Banquet in 68, Let It Bleed 69, Sticky Fingers in 71, Exile on Main Street in 72. Look at this, what's going on. Every year you're getting this, you're passing this along, these albums that are iconic albums. These albums are retired in the Grammy Hall of Fame. So when this situation occurs, when you have a band like this, it's very difficult to turn around and compare the two. But how can you compare any type of point in history? The people that they were influenced by, nobody, okay, and I'm going to say this again nobody that is 33 years old like myself, is going to sit there and tell you Friday night, I'm taking my wife, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, husband, whatever your preference is, out to dinner. When we get in the car, we're going to listen to Chuck Berry. We're going to listen to Howlin' Wolf. We're going to listen to Little Richard. Doesn't happen. We're going to listen to James Brown. Doesn't happen. Ask a 33-year-old if they know James Brown and what song he sings. I feel good is going to be the answer to that. They choose every single time. And that's the crazy, puzzling thing about it is is that all of these influences and it's so much now that we're not seeing that anymore as so much as to see those type of artists and that genre it's a It's a slow dying genre, and it's sad because it's all about keeping the music alive and the memories of what entertained us for all these years or what made the people that entertain us now up to par and able to you know believe like hey. I could do that. I make it sound bluesier. I make it sound meaner. Talks a lot about this inside of like the different sounds of dealing with Bob Rock on the Metallica podcast, that they didn't want to get along with this. Imagine a band that and I'm sure they had problems, but it wasn't the situation of we're going to let this affect us as a band. And and you could clearly see that for the good portion of things, uh, the Rolling Stones stayed together through it all and did what they had to do. But uh, Charlie Watts is going to be a huge loss for them. Uh 1989, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As I mentioned earlier, Lewis Brian Hopkins Jones is the founder of uh, the Rolling Stones or, or labeled as the co-founder, founder of Rolling, Stone, um, Rolling Stones. So, um, you know, when it comes to your preference in Rolling Stones I don't think that the Rolling Stones have a time period of where they sounded different where they went away from everything that they started with because their influences were so high being that Metallica started off having the difference of all right I'm Motorhead and of course Deep Purple and Iron Maiden and this you're you're going I mean the sound might be there but you're going in, like, so many different directions of where you're actually trying to lead what your band sound. Because Motorhead and Iron Maiden don't sound anything like each other. Um, the other bands that were on that list, Deep Purple doesn't sound like any of them. Deep Purple doesn't sound like Sabbath. Um, it just goes on and on and on. I like can just keep doing that. And you have to find your own style and, and do whatever you know, it works out to be what's best for the strength of your band or what sounds good or sells or whatever it is. But the Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger had on stage, if you've ever seen him, I got to see him one time, uh, Hurricane Sandy Relief concert. And I saw them play three songs, uh, two songs, I'm sorry. And I I guess that that has to count because I saw him live. So, uh, you know, I would love to go see him again. It's, tough scenarios when you're seeing a band that's broken up and not getting a chance to see and live the moment of the going through uh, you know, with the band itself. But a really, really difficult situation, especially now they moved into the three. I, and, and I the only reason why I moved Iron Maiden out and these guys up uh, differently is because ACDC, uh, different day, different chapter, um, with getting up to, I want to say, Razor's Edge, Let There Be Rock, prior to that i mean you're talking about a band that's going to have at least 3 albums that are in the top 25 of all time for rock and roll and influence um live wire coming off of of course high voltage um really really sums it up and the best part about this is is that you get you get high voltage you get highway to hell then we lose Bon Scott, and we get Brian Johnson. And Back in Black, most selling ACDC album of all time, top five, I know, throw it out there, top five album of all time, start to finish that album is great, but so are the other ones that are prior. Uh, Dirty Deeds on Dirt Cheap is great, and uh, the later stuff, uh, Rock and Roll Train, let their... Um, let There Be Rock, uh, these these things were good, again, same concept of that, but when you're out there doing it, and producing these kind of caliber hits, and same concept, uh, you could turn on an ACDC album, listen to the whole thing, start to finish. Iron Maiden, at some point, you're going to just be like, what What the fuck is going on? Like, real, this is not the sound of the band, this is not the way they sound, and, and this is terrible, but uh, very difficult to, to not be able to identify who these bands are by their sounds and whatnot. So hearing them on a complete different wavelength of things that are working or not working is kind of interesting. So when you had all of this time frame of what the new music was coming out, the new obviously the new sounds and the new re- recording situations, obviously you're going to get something different. But the raw power that you got from an album like Exile on Main Street would help pave the way... For artists to come and that's the crazy thing is that it's a later album you're talking 72 I mentioned to you five albums prior that were arguably just as good or better and just the way it rolls in the world of music of what your taste is and what not but 59 years together next year will be 60 if they do a 60th anniversary tour I would love 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 to be there um top 11 and and full circle here. The reason why that the Rolling Stones moved up is because this was hard. Giving you guys a top 10 list of my favorite Rolling Stones songs of all time to pay respect uh, to one of the greatest drummers of all time uh, was not easy. And it really, uh, it didn't it didn't start, um, you know, I just started writing them down and putting them in order as it goes. I only had to make one adjustment, And then I just figured that, uh, you know, add an 11th. Why not? So many more that could have been on this list. And I feel that at this point, I have the 10 Maiden songs. They're not moving. Rolling Stones have a lot more on this top list. And uh, obviously, rightfully so, being around longer. And I think that this was a good move to do. Number 11 on the top 10 list. Drum roll. Painted Black. Love it, love it, love it. How many times do you see songs? Rolling Stones songs are in movies? More than you know it, but Paint It Black, when I hear this song, I'm thinking about some creep walking in the city looking at girls, or I'm thinking about the end of Devil's Advocate, Keanu Reeves, and, uh, of course, Al Pacino in there. uh, End of the movie, Paint It Black, that's how it ends. Uh, As you just heard a few minutes ago, number 10, Star Me Up. Star Me Up, I'll Never Stop. You cannot have a Rolling Stones top ten songs of all times without that song on there. Number nine, has to be, has to be. Love the reference on telling us that women cheating are... Like Gamblers, love it. Uh, Like I said, Handicapper, love it. Definitely one of my favorites, number nine on there. Number eight, everybody makes this reference in other music genres, rap music especially. Never Satisfied Like the Stones, okay? Can't get no satisfaction. Love it, love it, love it. Number seven, I, I can't believe that this is so far back on this list right now, but imagine that if this is number seven, that the next six songs that I'm going to reveal to you obviously have to be a lot better than that. But number seven is creepy. Love it. Love the different different sounds of, I guess, a beat-bop era or like a doo-wop era. Not, sorry, not beat-bop, doo-wop. Um, definitely a lot of weird type of things that get me to feel that songs are great just because of what I'm hearing coming from there. So imagine the first time I hear this song, it's 2.30 in the morning, and blew me away. I had to be 18 years old, driving to work, uh, two jobs, music got me through, always does get me through, so that's another reason of just proving that I'm not just Metallica is kind of a big deal. But uh, yeah, this song, insane. I've
1: been walking hey. Bar, after dark, mm-hmm. think I'm crazy.
0: What's the matter with you, boy? Yeah, absolutely. Miss you. Uh, so many different versions of that. Uh, love it so much. Uh, great one, number seven. But moving on. Uh, counting colors in the air. Uh, she's a rainbow. Always love it. Uh, track That's six on my top ten, uh, top eleven, sorry. Uh, now we're going to go into the good part. We're going to go into the top five. And hard for the guy that doesn't like covers to sit here and And give a cover, okay? Temptations wrote it. Temptations did not do it as well as Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones did. number four, or I'm sorry rather, number five on my all time top eleven Rolling Stone songs. Unreal, and, and that's the same thing, uh, not to get off topic, Van Halen, Diver Down. That's a cover album. A lot of it is. And, and I like the way that those guys actually sing the song because it's what influenced them. So being one of the influences for for the Rolling Stones, why not pay tribute to something like that? Uh, unreal. Uh, Stones did it better, hands down. Uh, love The Temptations, too, but Stones did it better. Uh, number four. Whew. Let it bleed and just you know, uh, meet me in your parking garage. You know, to, for a little coke and sympathy. So, uh, okay, I got gotcha. yeah. you. Yeah, meet me in my basement, low down, dirty, filthy basement. Love it. Uh, sounds on that guitar, real bluesy. Love it. Number three, uh, sorry, four on there. Three. This one, I I always I always play this one for my mom. Uh, One of those situations where uh, nothing, you know, obviously my mom is is not doing anything crazy like this. But play it because it's, to me, what really kind of hooked me into the Rolling Stones. Yeah, absolutely. Uh hooked me instantly, simple, the highs, the lows, the you know, uh bluesy. Again, I like blues. So of course that being that they're highly influenced by these other musicians, um, is a great, great sound when you hear something like that that you can enjoy from sixties uh era, seventies decade, uh, really, really great song. Uh number two and number one, hard for me to really decide. But uh, number two is, it could arguably be my favorite Rolling Stones song if one wasn't there. <laughs> See what I did there? But the you being able to turn around and pick, it just doesn't really work like that, uh, you know, when you have to sit down and pick, especially if you have these artists that you are fans of multiple songs of. So uh, when people came on and they couldn't provide a list, For their favorite Metallica songs, it's fine, definitely fine. Because this will change, being the fact that you turn around and realize that there are how many songs out there that how many hits. When somebody's been doing this for sixty years, tough, and realize how amazing this band really is. But number two, do 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 do. Heartbreakers, uh, ooh, uh, do 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 do,
1: heartbreaker,
0: harmony, the inflection in his voice, unreal, unreal. Uh, thinking about if I was able to hear something like that and hearing that song and such at a younger age, or even when that came out, it would just be so mind blowing to me mm-hmm. because of all the crazy sounds, vocals, and such that you're getting from a. Beautiful, beautiful song like that one. And finally going to close it out here. And I mean, so again, so, so many great ones that you could have chose. But listen to the references. Uh, it took me a long time to understand that everything Mick Jagger was saying here. And lyrically, hands down, this is, in my opinion, the best lyrically written song by the Rolling Stones. of man's soul and faith. Yeah. Who is he talking about in the song? We're going through the whole song. Sympathy for the devil. And yeah, well written. Think about what he's saying in here. Uh, You know, watch you bleed for your kings and queens who fought for 10 decades. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, what he's saying is is true. Uh, You know, messing around with the whole, you know, belief system of God, devil, that kind of thing is not my call. uh, But excellent work. Um as I, as I mentioned earlier the founder of, and many of you guys Rolling Stones fans out there and there's a lot of them. Uh you know Brian Jones a- and member of the 27th club. So topic number 3 going to go into just a brief of what could have should have would have been with these, you know, artists uh that died way too young. Um so tough to say who is the best artist out of these group of folks here but i i have mine and and i and it's not going to shock anybody if they know the list and they know and listening to the show it's not going to shock you but you got kurt cobain robert johnson amy winehouse janice joplin brian jones jimi hendrix um a very sad situation to see all of these people go, but best guitarist of all time, hands down, absolutely. But please bear with me here.
1: Excuse me while I'm just <laughs> uh
0: one of my favorites. Uh how can you not love that? Uh, another one I like, upbeat song by him that really gets me going is "Dolly Dagger." Uh definitely a great one there. But uh, the other last person that left. On this list that I have not said yet is Mr. Mojo Rising, Jim Morrison, L.A. woman. What is Mojo Rising? It is Jim Morrison all scrambled up. Just take the letters out and figure it out. Spells out Jim Morrison. Clever, 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 clever shit like that. And, you know, again, guys, he saw the visions. He he was a pioneer who... Did the LSD and did the mushrooms and took it to another level um, of of everything. And, and, you know, everything all the time. And if later on in life the Eagles knew that they were going to write a song, Life in the Fast Lane, everything all the time, definitely, definitely would be written for Jim Morrison. Hands down. Love it. Favorite part of the song, I always go ape shit when I hear that, and I, if I'm doing it to myself, uh, singing to myself, or if I'm at a bunch of people, I don't care because I'll still say it all the time, everything all the time. And that's just, you know, the way Jim Morrison was, the guy was basically um, a genius. Uh, not basically, he was, and, and that's the problem. And, and I've had I've had two friends that were just too smart for their own good, and they were bored with their time, and and they both are no longer with us today, uh, along with Jim, who's no longer with us. Uh, so I, I I agree that sometimes that people that are too smart for their own good uh, end up in situations like that. But it was a very different scenario, uh, comparing the uh, aspect before of what the bands did and this and that who knows what these group of individuals could have done if they were still here uh jimmy hands down would have been still doing it kirk Cobain would have taken nirvana to another level uh and jim morrison would have had the doors in there arguably for you know up in there with the greatest of all time uh maybe not so much for in certain perspectives of eyes but Tales. again numbers don't lie the concerts don't lie it's just the the vision that they all had uh take it too young obviously or whatnot uh very very big belief system with this 27 club and the pythagoras theorem that the 27 is the most powerful number in the universe 27 is one of my numbers i always look for it all the time just because it's a powerful number i you know i don't i don't know what other you know stars align those days things happen, you know, things don't just happen, yeah, some people get lucky, make your own luck, but these guys wanted it, and they wanted everything that comes along with it, and sometimes in the music business, in the Hollywood business, in the adult business, in any type of business, um, you know, when you're doing stuff like this, uh, presenting, performing, acting, whatever, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is really what it's about, And, and, you know, it's, always going to be that way. $2.2 billion this country spends on getting high. You think that's changed? Maybe the number has increased, but it hasn't changed over the last hundred years. Trust me. And I don't think it's going to. But all of those well-deserved members uh, with pretty much basically so much talent. And did some of them move on? Yeah, the Stones did. Uh, obviously the solo artists couldn't, uh, Nirvana, I don't think that they might have split up and went to different bands, which I'm sure they did. Uh, Doors went on to perform without Jim Morrison to do their own things of what they could do. I've seen, uh, Robbie Krieger and John Densmore together, and Robert Johnson, no, obviously not. And, and saddens my heart to think these guys, uh, really, uh, would turn around and, you know, at the point of not realizing that, hey, We just found this new thing, and this hasn't really been tested too much. So let's take a whole shitload of it. Moderation for everything, but you can't tell a rock star because that's why they make these songs many, many years later with different genres that consist of lyrics that have happened in the past or acts that you you can't follow unless you're a rock star. For instance... Yeah, uh, it's and there's not many that could party like a rock star, and that are still doing it. You know, you got to know what you're doing, especially when you're mixing and consuming different things, which they all did and whatnot. You guys hear me mention little snit bits and things of uh, my adventures and activities, and you know my circle knows what goes on, and uh, they know it's nobody parties like Deacon. Uh, nobody turns around and has a good time when they're with everybody else. No one does it up like me because it's just the way I am in my nature. I enjoy people, people's person. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing this. And uh, I'm a good host, entertainer, whatever you want to call it. But while this is still going on, I'm still doing everything that everybody else is doing, just not on my ass or not like, oh, man, I'm so fucked up. Like, yeah, it happens. But it is a marathon, my friends, not a race. I'll tell you that right now. Or, sorry. Sorry. Marathon not a sprint because at the end When you guys all leave and we're still going the select few that are into these different worlds of Psychedelics and what else that we got going on? um, You really really start getting the answers and stuff that you're looking for and I definitely believe that these special Individuals especially the ones that are on this list uh, in particular with the psychedelics and all that stuff um, you guys know who know about those people exactly what I'm talking about, and a lot of flowing ideas that come from this, and a lot of great things, and music that have come from being high on mushrooms, acid, ecstasy, whatever else, ketamine, whatever else they were doing at those times, or whatnot, um, quite lose, I don't know so much as if they're still doing their thing on there, but nevertheless, genius of the week, genius, genius of the week, okay, two stories for you, because this is so crazy, about how this affects Everybody in the community. Go into Starbucks the other day at Green Acres Mall in Nassau County on the border of Queens, New York. And go to Starbucks. I don't go to the mall for Starbucks, but at this time, this is the only one around the area that's open. I actually had to walk in, park the car, do all that shit. I don't mind walking in the establishment, but it's in the middle of the mall. It's kind of annoying. Go in there, and there's a big sign outside the window of, like, the little cubicle, like, it's a basically like a kiosk in the middle of the mall, squared, glass, protective stuff for COVID, great job, says, closed, come back in 10 minutes, someone took a shit on the floor. Well, I'm going to give co-awards for this one, because I have another story about how great this wonderful place uh, known as New York is. Uh, These individuals, not only the person who wrote that, stuck that sign up, but the person who took a shit on the middle of the floor, inside of Starbucks. Thank you for doing that, because you wouldn't have had this hilarious story. But at the same time, as soon as I saw that sign, it might not be on the inside, it might not be inside that little kiosk, but if they have to put a sign up and they cannot serve coffee, I'm going to go to a different location. Not going to jump and boycott Starbucks, but the employee should be fired for writing something like that because you turned away customers because I'm definitely never going back to that location. True story. I have the picture of the sign. I took it. Uh don't want to post it to the Deacon & Co. show page because of some copyright issues or whatnot. But I will tell you that if I the next time I see you guys, every single one of the Deacaholics, I will show you this because it's crazy. Second one, driving, Medford, New York. And we're approaching in, as I mentioned earlier, the holiday weekend, uh, end of the season, end of summer. You guys wake me up when September ends. You turn around and you see the bizarre shit on Long Island, New York. Driving in Medford, blow up doll on a stop sign. Somebody wrote in graffiti, "Welcome to Medsty." I'm assuming that we're trying to think like it's Bedford Stuyvesant, Brooklyn. I'm tell you that there's no blow ups in Brooklyn like that. Genius idea. You're an idiot, but it was funny. It made me laugh. Genius of the Week, if you listen listening to the Deacon & Co. show and you did that, then you just got a shout-out. I just don't know your name. But thank you for that, providing the entertainment weekly. Geniuses of the Week will always have a topic at a spot on the show because of how people cannot believe the bizarre shit that others do. And, and me, personally, neither can I. Uh, but it's crazy that that shit happens. Um... Here we go, right into Rapids, soloing it up today, chewing you guys out a little bit, giving you some information, giving you some knowledgeable shit here. So February 5th, 2006, 2006, Super Bowl XL was played in Detroit and Ford Field and between the Steelers and the Seahawks, and this is voted as a top five Super Bowl of all time. Did I think so? No, but it was a Super Bowl victory for the Steelers. On this day, the Rolling Stones did something that Metallica did not, and they played the Super Bowl, playing three songs in regards to Star Me Up, Satisfaction, and Rough Justice. Their microphones were turned down because of foul language that was involved with them and their performance. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong here that if you were to turn around and promise the Rolling Stones the Super Bowl and didn't deliver, that there would be some type of controversy. So, 2015, San Francisco's got a new stadium in Santa Clara. I turned around and I bought, well, had tickets to the Super Bowl, but bought tickets to the night before show that Metallica played in San Francisco. Went out there, saw the show, and was back here in New York at 6.17. We all know that Super Bowl ball kicks off at 6.29. Didn't have any interest in seeing the game when I found out that Metallica was not going to be performing the halftime show. Yeah, uh, football is number one to me. Uh, but you can't have my number one thing conflict with the number two thing and then expect it to be okay when the Broncos and the Panthers were playing the worst Super Bowl in history. So yeah, no, I'm glued. I'm I'm really glad that I did not have to witness that and not have to deal with that cuz that was a really really bad disgusting Super Bowl and uh hope that I never hear or talk about it again except for the fact that Metallica kicked ass like they always do and uh was unreal. Uh, and just for someone to you see the stature of fan that does something like this and Maybe I'll do it in you know as far as up that I can, as long as I can see them, because it's not going to bother me on the age of traveling to do X, y, and Z. Metallica sports whatever it is, because that's the love of the passion of this is. but um two thousand six I uh, did this uh now being that you're cursing on stage, you tell Metallica that they're not fan oriented. Look at the courses of bad things, and we'll bring this up in the Super Bowl edition of the touchdown report at the end of season two next year. I promise. Look at all the bad things that you've had happen during the Super Bowl. You've had people who can't sing the national anthem. You have people whose titties are popping out. You have people who are falling off stage, people who are drunk on stage, people who are being bombarded by the crowd. All of that is what you would, quote, call family-orientated? Fuck that. Rolling Stones play, I need to hear Shattered, I need to hear Satisfaction, and I need to hear Brown Sugar. Those are the three songs that the Rolling Stones play for me, at the Super Bowl, because at that time, we're all on brown sugar. And we're all going to be shattered. And we are all going to have to be started up again after this is done. Because that is the flow of somebody who knows that what they're doing and their set list creator. And Mick Jagger has been known to not have such great set lists for the first portion And then finally understood what was going on when it came to entertaining a crowd, getting them hyped, right time to exert, right time to... And he doesn't stop moving at all. He's dancing and entertaining the whole time. And great, 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 great frontman Mick Jagger is definitely the top five of all time. Uh, But not fair that Metallica has not got to play the halftime show when promised. Okay, I'm not going to cry about it. Maybe I will later, just not on air. But... Rolling Stones did a great job. I remember it. Uh, I loved it. Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, guys year to come. Uh, the Who. I remember all these great performances. Not having a problem. You're really, really not having a problem uh, about this when you're dealing with these bands and Mick Jagger said some things. Up until his career, he quietly was an outlaw. They were the bad boys of rock and roll. It was them or the Beatles, the Goody Two Shoes or the, or the Rolling Stones, the bad boys of rock and roll. And then... As that time frame got older and that shifted, I think it went to different other people that got this look like you know, uh, Kiss and Motley Crue. Motley Crue, I don't care who their producer was. I don't care if Bob Rock produced every one of their albums. Motley Crue is trash, and Motley Crue is nothing more than a hair band, and they always will be. And I hate Motley Crue. From California, you guys know that Motley Crue sucks. And tell me, deaconecosho@gmail.com. If you honestly could look me in the face and tell me that that Motley Crue is better than either the Rolling Stones or Metallica. And you can't do it. You really can't. Uh that being said, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tavi. I'm not gonna say his last name because I don't know how to say it. Uh Dolphins quarterback number six, that is for Tua. Uh giraffe coming out of Alabama. And we know what Bama can do. We know what they are consistently doing. They're in the championship every other year. They're in big caliber bowl games. Nick Saban's a great coach at the collegiate level. And some coaches are really like that. Jim Harbour are making the adjustment. Urban Meyer are going to be with the Jaguars this year. Guys that have fluctuated between the NBA and the NCAA, the NFL, and the NCAA. They just, sometimes it doesn't work out that you're making the adjustments. Uh, but it's a different game. It's a faster game the second that you're on that field you got to understand, or that court, that now this, unfortunately, is not no bullshit West Virginia. You're in the big leagues. One inch, one fraction, and you're done. Game's over. You lost. Fucked up. Did many things that you should have, could have, would have wished you done. Uh, but touchdowns are back. Uh, these guys coming out best one of these three. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. uh, I'm not so sold yet on Jalen Hurts as the Eagles starter. I like Joe Flacco, what he did in the preseason. I know it's going to sound crazy. He's a veteran, but the guy won a Super Bowl ring. Okay? Jalen Hurts has not even won five games yet in the NFL. Let's see what he could do. Let's see what the weapons that he has. He's got Rieger. Uh, they brought Fulgham back after cutting him this week, On put him on the practice squad, a bunch of bullshit they're going to do. And the Eagles defense uh, will, you know, hold their own. Uh, Philly usually does. Uh, not a problem with the defense as late. So we'll see what happens. The offensive line's a little banged up, but... Hertz is a playmaker. He runs with the ball. He will scramble to pick up uh options to get receivers open and break away from the coverage. Uh he's second year guy. So let's really see what happens with that. But uh Mac Jones, uh he's gonna be the best of these three for me. When it's all said and done, he's uh he's got it set. The reason why he's gonna be the best out of these three is if it doesn't matter about your uh right now athletic talent, okay? Uh it matters as you being a rookie and he is is that you're in a team or you're in a position for a team that could help you grow and teach you the right thing. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are the right team to turn around and do this. Steve Young was probably was happy that he got drafted by the 49ers, right? And even or I don't even know if the exact uh factor coming into this being sitting behind Joe Montana um is really, you know, something that he was too upset about because he had the teachings and whatnot so being that you could sit there and maybe he's sour because he got drafted by the box or whatever the situation is that now having an opportunity to play in a 49 as you go going there you're going to be joe montana's backup you're in top 100 quarterbacks of all time now uh with steve young i would say he's in the top 50 steve young definitely hands down sitting there learning and, and learning from the coach and and seaford and walsh and you know those guys knew how to win and, and Great franchise, absolutely. And we'll see what's going to happen from this guy, Mac Jones. He's going to turn around, and he's going to build up his athleticism more than it already is now. Because once you, like I just said, getting to the collegiate level, uh, you know, graduating to the NFL, different game. Faster, nastier, you got to love it. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Uh, Rapid number three here. Repeat question. Asked this many, many, many episodes ago. Beatles or the Stones. Tough one. Tough, 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 tough. You gotta put this into perspective here. You got three bands that are kick ass out of London or out of Europe, we'll put it that way, uh UK, England, whatever. Led Zeppelin. Then you have Rolling Stones and the Beatles. So I can tell you right now that these guys for the time frames that the Beatles had their work the Beatles have produced and done more controversy about things that have been done by Led Zeppelin that got people upset the 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 bullshit with Houses of the Holy album cover with the naked girls and the little naked girls that are angels on the cover like so much shit for that putting out an album uh where they don't even know the name of the album cuz it's not written on there there's nothing there so the crazy Facts upon facts upon facts that everything is just in a matter of opinion until you have numbers in front of you. Now, I could look everyone in the face with a straight face and tell you that the best band out of the three is the Beatles. The one I like the most out of the three are the Rolling Stones. Zeppelin was great. Wouldn't classify them into a category of being the best. Just like it killed me to go into a category of saying that Black Sabbath and Judas Priest the original innovators of heavy metal. Now, listening to this of what's going on and stuff like that, like they were and you got to pay the respects to these guys that are still out there doing it and Rob Halford, hats off to him. Um great great to see that they're going to be doing some shows too and and so excited, but Rolling Stones are are going to take this uh crown on the longevity of things and not comparing certain scenarios now because bands were time together were shortened. You had tragedies in both the Beatles stones and of course Led Zeppelin. Uh, But the thing was, is that they rebounded found a way to come and and do what they had to do. And so many, uh, you know, great memories of great performances and whatnot from there. But as far as, Led Zeppelin being the best band that ever lived, that shit's out the window. Uh, good band, yeah. Top five band of all time, maybe. Not in my eyes, but uh, again, I own every album, so it's its not like I'm not a fan hating on them. Just look at the numbers. time frames, difference, downloads, all that kind of stuff were a lot different when you actually did not have internet and a computer, where you actually had to go to the record store. So now that you could do this from the access of a phone, uh, really just... Unbelievable that there's still people out there like myself that are still supporting the artists and buying the CDs and whatnot. But with that being said, guys, I think that Beatles are the better band, but the Rolling Stones are my favorite of the two. Hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. It was very difficult for someone of a caliber fan um, who comes on air and tells people that it's no... uh, Problem to go pick out ten Metallica songs and specify a favorite, but when you have love and respect for bands like I do, uh, you just turn around and you're just kind of like, yeah, well, you expect more. So to everything that we spoke about today, or I spoke about, and that you guys listened, Maiden, the Metallicas, the Zepp's, the Stones, everybody, fan of these of this music, and you're hitting such a high plateau, it's like. You ever wonder, like, what these guys put out? Like, cutting knife. I just died in your arms tonight. Okay. What else have they done? They have so much expectations. And I'm just giving that as an example. It was probably a terrible example. You guys would be like, what? Like, I just heard that and died. I got to ask you guys, was it something I said? (laughs) Uh, Using them as an example, cutting crew... uh, Really like expecting so much more from them, uh. After putting out such a great song like that, and and you know putting out an album like Kill 'Em All, then coming later and doing an album like Saint Anger, having an album like Master of Puppets, having an album like Ride the Lightning, even Justice. I don't care what anybody says about Justice. You want to separate first four albums. You name four better albums that any band put out than those four albums that Metallica have because those are the big four, big three for Maiden. They, uh, you know, arguably they could be there, uh, but not better than the albums of Metallica. I would say Number of the Beast uh, would fall second uh, on this, but I mean, top another great album, you know. Again, uh, but bottom line comes down to is point of proving that Metallica is the best. There's a reason behind them being the best. Nobody wants to ever admit that a country artist is the number one American artist of all time, but Garth Brooks is, and the reason for that is because he's going to relate to the fans and see what the energy of the fans are going to bring and keep producing and not stopping until it sounds the way that they he wants it to sound. Putting out a mediocre album uh, it, in the 2021 era, I guess that it, it could work because there's not as many artists from that genre of music, but it doesn't work in my eyes to me. Um, but... Who am I? I'm just a guy who runs a podcast and knows a little bit about music and sports and tries to share it with the world. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, opinions, thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, go fuck yourselves. Direct toward me, dot com. gmail.com. Uh, one last thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, the situation that we had last week, we introduced a couple of movie reviews to the show. A uh, big fan of the show, our buddy Bray Dino himself, had recorded something for the Deacon and Co Show. But I did not want to do it because it was a little outdated. I didn't get to put it up last week. But he wanted to apologize that he gave the wrong name for the Paw Patrol review because I did not see it yet. I went on his recommendation. And the puppet played the puppet master. So he told us that it was Beverly Hills was the name of the new dog. It is Liberty. I don't know if she's from Beverly Hills. But I will find out when I do uh, the next movie review. A couple more movies to uh, review for you guys. The new Candyman came out uh, last Friday. So it's going to be good. We'll review that and uh, you know, a couple of older uh, films, but if you guys haven't had a chance to take a look at yet because you've been busy or you know doing your thing, which I guess in that sense means you are busy, uh, then <laughs> I will get you a review on them. And then if you want to check them out, you check them out. But uh, our buddy Double, uh, mixtape out, doing very, very, very big things. Uh, this mixtape, Flavor Gods, was released on Mamba Day. And really unbelievable mixtape uh really is the growth progression that you see from him as an artist uh and how do you not have any doubt in your mind of what you're doing when you have such amazing beats and wild child shout him out earlier in the show beats are unreal uh check this out it's on apple music and all the other places that you could find the deacon and co show uh it's flavor gods and the thing is that when you're listening to this you could see the progression and I always mention the progression so if you can't see the progression in the music that I'm talking about then you probably should not be listening to music and you should go sit under a rock because if you're listening to somebody from 1980 and they're obviously playing in 2020 when I'm telling you that this guy can't hit the notes anymore father time has happened so with double situation. The adjusted the beats, Wild Child coming up with these crazy, crazy new beats in the lab. And now he's opening up his eyes like, hey, I have this potential to make the adjustments and do what I have to do. It's really soothing rap. It's really good punch deliveries, like I told you guys in the prior episodes, and even having him on. Super proud of this album and super proud to be a fan of his. And all the hard work that he puts in because he does it. He gets it done. His team do work. You know, he knows that he's got to do the work. And I ain't complaining, but I know i got to do the work too. And it's a 24-7 job to keep up on top of everything that's going on in the NFL. One week, again, touchdowns are coming. And that being said, Flower um, is, Flowers is going to be the next project that uh, Double has. So in the meantime, Deacon and Coach show fans were asking a favor. I've introduced you guys to Double. You heard him on here uh, with me, doing it up. Uh, great episode. Take a listen. Follow, subscribe him while you're doing it for me. And take a listen because we're going to do some collaboration work where he's going to feature me on the album. So I'm going to be a big part of Flowers, and it's going to be good. And it's I'm excited for it, and we're going to get it done, and we're ready for bigger and next-level shit. And that's the way I roll on the Deacon & Co. show. A lot of great guests coming up, but for now, you guys are going to have to enjoy the weekend. Make sure you guys answer the trivia question, I would say, by, um, let's say, by opening night. So, next week, when I do the touchdown report, we'll do the cutoff uh, for that night. I'll remind you guys, and I'll have it in two episodes for you of who won the contest. Uh, again, that was, let me know when the time stamp of the show, of when you heard EA Sports happen, uh, third time, because I did sneak it in there, and... uh Let me know and what you guys have for an answer. First one that gets it to me gets the prize. Uh, Anything else I left out today? I'm just trying to think here real quick. Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. Football touchdowns are coming, like I mentioned. Black Album re-released is coming out on the uh, Legacy Edition. I guess you can call this or the I'm going to blow $180 edition. But uh, (laughs) Iron Maiden tomorrow, new album, guys. Check it out. Listen to it. Let me know your thoughts on it. I'm going to listen to it, obviously. I might have a different opinion about what was said. But, for now, hope you guys are ready, and Deacon is out.